Welcome, one and all, to Fanspurt Radio. I'm your host, Jake Anderson, the one and only fan who's willing to admit he's just a fan. His expert opinion comes from mounds of couch time and continuous breakdowns of all sports, no matter how accurate or inaccurate they may be. You're listening to Fanspurt Radio. Welcome. I finally made it to this episode you guys have been waiting for so long. People have been texting me, Jake, where's Fanspurt episode three? Is it coming? Yes, I tell them, maybe next week, (laughs) maybe next month, maybe next year. Who knows? It takes me forever to do this, but I appreciate all of your patience with me. There's been a lot going on in my life. I just became a realtor, for those who don't know, so I want to put a quick plug in for HomeSmart in Idaho Falls. I am a realtor, helping all other people who are ready to buy and sell homes, investment properties, whatever it may be. So if you guys are looking for somebody or know somebody that is nervous, has questions about their house, their equity, what their house is worth right now, what markets are like it's it's hard to answer and you'll get a different answer out of a lot of people but as someone who's trying to be active in the real estate market I can try and do my best to help explain to you what's actually going on in the real estate market it's pretty wild and I don't think here in Idaho at least things are going to calm down for a year or two but there are a lot of places that are calming down prices are going down interest rates are dipping and going up dipping and going up and they're trying to build towards a a higher interest rate probably in the six seven range in the 2023 i think i read an article from the federal group who decides interest rates in their meetings that had just happened last week so there's a lot going on in real estate there's a lot to be excited about and yes it's always a good time to buy as long as you find the right deal and that's what agents are there for that's what they get paid for and if you're having struggles with your agent i had a couple the other day ask me like have you ever like had someone drive all the way to California for you and not show up to their appointment. (laughs) That happened. So there are realtors out there who are not working as hard as they should be to try and get deals done, uh, at least to help you um, find your new house or whatever it may be. And I was very surprised to hear something like that. So real quick plug in there. If you want to, you can reach out to me uh, through my email, jakeandy, A-N-D-E 27 at gmail.com. So let's jump in today. Lots of questions. Is baseball growing big time and how much? We saw a big growth with basketball and social media and everything, and it's kind of taken over. So we know basketball is kind of the king of social media, um, that and football. But baseball has made a jump. There has been more activity in trades. The trade deadline was insane. We'll go over that. How much is baseball growing? Who's going to win the World Series? What's the contenders like? What are my picks? It's not what you think it is. I, I, I know that my contenders are probably um, pretty easy to pick, but I want a different World Series matchup than a lot of people are looking for right now. So anyway, um, I'll go over a few questions about basketball. Is basketball plateauing? Uh, are we seeing kind of a plateau in basketball as quality is concerned? I mean, the Golden State Warriors are on top. We'll discuss that. Has the door closed for the Jazz trading Donovan Mitchell this year? And... Why do I hate and am sick of Kevin Durant? Sorry to some of my buddies out there who are big KD fans, but I am so sick of this drama. Also, how about Tony Finau on a run? (laughs) He is, as they say, on a heater. He's golfing out of this this world. And so even if it's later in his career, 
We know he's had lots of top 10s, but let's see what he can do in, for the FedEx Cup this year. So we're going to jump into all these questions. And real quick, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening. You guys have been so nice, and I've had so many texts and comments. And I've even got listeners right now who just listened last week. Um, there's listeners in Belgium. I've got a listener in Russia. I've got a listener in um, South America. I think Brazil has a couple people who've been listening. And I I never even knew that I could be found from Brazil to here. I guess the internet makes it a small world as, you know, we always say that, but I never really got to see that till now. So welcome. Let's jump into it. Who's going to win the World Series this year? My bias pick, as you guys probably know, the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Yeah, that was expected. But at the same time, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball while having now, including Joey Gallo, the three worst batting averages in baseball. How about that? Our bullpen, our starting lineup, as far as our starting rotation goes, probably, if not the best in baseball. I think their numbers are the best right now. So anyway, I'm picking the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the World Series. But who are they going to play? Everybody says the Yankees. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees make it with their momentum. But why do I want the Astros to play in the World Series? Hot take. For those who know me and for those who are baseball fans, everybody hates Houston. Nobody likes Houston. And this is why I want Houston to play the Dodgers. What is Jose Altuve's face going to look like? When it's game six of the World Series and he sees the Los Angeles Dodgers that he cheated over, including some of the other guys on the staff, holding up a World Series championship, I, out of pure spite and revenge, want my Dodgers to absolutely destroy the Astros. I'd love a sweep. I'd love in five, in six. I don't even care if it's a good series and goes to seven. As long as the Dodgers rub it in to the Astros... That is what I want. Would I be happy with the Yankees-Dodgers World Series? Of course. I think it'd be really cool to see Yankees-Dodgers. We haven't seen that in a long time ever. (laughs) And so I think it'd be really cool to see what the starting rotation can do against Aaron Judge in that heading lineup. And right back at the Yankees, how can they put up with the Dodgers who keep putting up two out rallies everywhere? And our our 26 out of their last 31, they're the hottest team in baseball. They've beat the Giants in their last seven straight games against them. I mean, come on now. It's going to be crazy. And so with these two teams going at it, the two biggest markets, Los Angeles and New York, this is why baseball is growing. The Mets are good again. The Yankees are good, and they're good at the same time. The Dodgers are good still. The Padres are making moves. West Coast is active. You've got a bunch of other teams in the mix. You've got the Houston Astros still playing good baseball. You've got a bunch of division leaders that are mostly expected, some unexpected, and the Braves are still playing good baseball. We'll see, we'll see what shakes down, but let's talk about how baseball is growing. Let's say in the last three days, Sports Center fans or people who have ESPN app have probably gotten more notifications from baseball than any other sport. 
Juan Soto to the Padres, Brandon Jury to the Padres, Joey Gallo to the Dodgers, Josh Bell back in San or going to San Diego, Eric Hosmer holds the whole San Diego deal and goes and ends up leaving. Vasquez, Christian Vasquez on the Red Sox is traded during batting practice, playing against the Houston Astros. Trey Mancini from the Orioles goes to the Astros as well. Castellanos, the perfect rotation starter for the Reds, has gone to Seattle. What a big pickup for them if they want to make a run. I mean, come on now. Josh Hader goes straight up for Rodgers and prospects. That is a big trade. That's when we knew the San Diego Padres were going to be involved in this trade deadline, and they didn't start with the big one. They went for a rotation closer, and Josh Hader is the man. Anytime the Dodgers play the Brewers and I see Josh Hader come out of the bullpen, I get scared. Taylor Rogers, not so much. Or whatever the Rogers is. There's like three Rogers in the baseball world. I can't keep them all straight. They all throw the same. They all look the same. <laughs> They're that sub sub lineup kind of throw. It's 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 really weird, but it's out. It works for them. And hey, for them, it they get paid to play baseball, <laughs> and I don't. So that is something that I cannot. They shouldn't take for granted, but I cannot keep up with. So. Baseball is is growing. Our two biggest markets are finally getting social media traction and media is grabbing on to baseball and people are attracted to baseball. Why? As Costner says, it's 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 never leaving. It's 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 a dream. Um and is baseball heaven? <laughs> you know, that's been comparison for a long time. The Field of Dreams game has really amped up some social media popularity for baseball. Um, ratings are going up. More people are going to baseball games. What a great activity for people to do after COVID was finally go to a baseball game and people are just enjoying the heck out of it. And baseball is competitive right now. And teams are finally making big moves right now. A lot of times in the past, we wouldn't see much activity going on. There's been big trades before, but not this many. And the Nationals have given up everybody in their left arm <laughs> um, in the last eight years, or not eight years, eight months, basically, it feels like, but it's only been a couple years since they won the World Series, and now they're one of the bottom barrels, bottom of the barrel teams in the MLB. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Baseball is, is America's pastime, and with Vince Scully passing away, R.I.P. to Vince Scully, what a man. Um, my hero, actually, as a kid. I, I never really knew who he was, but then I became a Dodgers fan and had to learn who Vince Scully was. Vince Scully is an all-time great announcer who passed away, for those who don't know him. And he wasn't just an announcer. He was just a human being that everyone loved. Um, he had a charisma about him and a calm voice. If you ever want to, go look up on YouTube the best video of Vince Scully. And it's not even a video. It's a radio recording in 1920s, 30s or something of Vince Scully reading a grocery list. You'll never be happier to listen to someone read their grocery list than you will with Vince Scully. <laughs> even him reading a grocery list is impressive because you'll just hear the kind of announcer voice he has and that calm presence and so anyway go look up how to read a grocery list from Vince Scully okay um baseball 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 Freddie Freeman is hot for the Dodgers 
and Mookie Betts is on fire, finally fitting in, finally getting his passion. But why did the Dodgers get Joey Gallo? Let's talk about that for a bit. They trade Jake Lamb for cash. They have an open spot. They've been kind of rotating around with Chris Taylor, who's out. Um, James Outman, our rookie, putting together a few good games. Um, Jake Lamb was playing there. Trace Thompson reviving his career in L.A. There's been a few other players that have kind of gained some traction. But there's times to think about what the Dodgers are going to do with Chris Taylor coming back. And I'm not really sure because Dave Roberts has some big decisions to make. There's a lot of young guys playing good, trying to earn their spot. But Chris Taylor just got signed to a max deal for a reason and extension for a reason. And so we'll see what the Dodgers do. They're still on top. And it seems just like their rotation and their bullpen is just solid. Their bullpen hasn't allowed a run this road trip. And that's impressive to go on the road and not allow a run. Um, that's prime pitching, and that's exactly what you want out of your bullpen. Any team would take that. Um, we're ahead in our division, big time, but not so big time anymore. This week will prove to baseball how good the Dodgers are and if Juan Soto is really worth it to the Padres. This is why. The Padres play the Dodgers in a three-game stand. Juan Soto is there. He make the trade finally happens. Washington trades away. They offer him the biggest deal ever known to man in baseball. He turns it down. He thinks he's worth more than that, which he probably is. But who would want to play in Washington for the rest of their career, especially when you're losing that much? Juan Soto turns down what was it? I'm gonna go look it up real quick. But he turns down the biggest deal ever um, from the Nationals. They offered him. A 15-year, $440 million extension. He turns down $440 million. Why? Because he's obsessed with baseball and he wants to win. Juan Soto goes to the Padres, bolsters their lineup. Fernando Tatis is going to come back. They gain Josh Hader as a closer. They're trying to put together a run because why? The pressure is on. The Padres need to win now. The owners feel it. The fans feel it. They've been bad for so long, and it's finally their time to try and compete. But are they doing it at the wrong time? Juan Soto's young. He's only 23. He's going to be just fine. They're going to have a great team for a while, but... Is this the wrong time when the Dodgers are hitting their peak, signing Freddie Freeman, have a chance to sign Returner for a max deal? They have Mookie Betts on contract. They have Cody Bellinger on contract. They have a starting rotation that's semi-young. Kershaw's obviously on his way out eventually, but still pitching phenomenally. The Dodgers are still on top of their division. Are they going to try and pull through the wild card every year? Are they going to be competitive enough next year to win the division? Are they going to even close the gap this year? It's going to be interesting to see how this Dodgers rotation handles the Padres hitting lineup now with Machado still playing as Machado does. And I just wonder what's going to happen this series and how it's going to determine if if the Padres put up runs, more than three runs, four runs a game against this in this three-game st three stand against the L.A., I'll be scared. The big test is coming this week, and Juan Soto gets to prove himself uh, that he belongs. And that dude grinds. There's no way he doesn't belong in the league. He's a superstar. But he's going he's gonna to make it there. 
And so I think that if we decide what we're going to do as far as the starting rotation and how we're going to attack Juan Soto and the, the whole team, we're going to figure it out. Um, who's the better Who's the better squad going into the second half? The Dodgers are on fire. Can the Padres revive their season? It's been really rough for them. Not going to lie. Okay, I'm going to move on a little bit. I'm talking too much um, about baseball, but never mind. I'm not talking enough about baseball. We got to talk about the Braves and the Mets. The Braves and the Mets are our sleepers this year, and I, I wonder if who's going to come out of the Mets, the Braves, the Padres. It's going to be a scramble, and who's going to come out on top? The Mets just got Vogel back as a DH. Big pickup for the Mets. Their hitting looks fantastic. Their pitching is phenomenal, and Jacob deGrom just came back. The average fastball in the MLB is 93.7 miles per hour. Jacob deGrom's average slider yesterday or two days ago in his start was 92.7. His slider is a low-end fastball. How do you tell the difference? How? It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. The... DeGrom, if he can stay healthy, what are they going to do? Does he finally have a team that can put runs out to go win? But it's it's going to be the Dodgers with Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman all ranking in the top eight in war stat. They're going to be the, the leader in the NL. They're going to make it through. They're going to have that bye. But we'll see if... Um, We'll see what can happen. The Blue Jays also are kind of in the, they're in the AL, but we're talking NL, so I'm gonna stick NL. And I just I just wonder who's gonna come out of the fight. The Padres obviously won the trade deadline so far as far as stats, numbers, and prospects go, but we're gonna see how how it improves. Um, I was really just surprised that Shohei Otani didn't get dealt. I know that's a hot take, but I, I was really surprised. Even though if I was the Angels, I would totally keep Otani. I was very surprised they didn't. I'd heard so much that they were going to get rid of him, and I didn't know what to expect. But Otani is just one of a kind. I mean, there's only one pitcher hitting in the MLB right now. <laughs> that's Shohei. And imagine if he had lined up with, say, the Mets make a big deal for him or the Dodgers even. The Dodgers were in contention at one point. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I I really think the Dodgers didn't do anything for Juan Soto because they want to lock up Trey Turner and they don't have money for both next year. The Dodgers have so much money, but they don't have enough money for that. So we'll see. We'll see. Who do I want in the World Series? I want the Astros versus the Dodgers. Why? So the Dodgers can pummel the Astros and get revenge. And everybody thinks their World Series win was a, a fluke. It, it wasn't. It was a real ring. Kershaw has a ring, guys. But we're going to see see what happens um, as it comes down the stretch. I think it will probably be Yankees-Dodgers, but I want Astros-Dodgers. I think the Dodgers, I think the Padres, even with their their – their revamp i think that they're not going to be quite there yet this year maybe next year we'll see what really goes down and they're probably going to be in contention for the division but as far as this year goes the dodgers have a double digit lead on the san diego padres in their division and it's gonna not stay that way completely but it's still enough to really be solid for the dodgers okay 
is basketball plateauing while baseball is growing? This offseason for basketball hasn't really been that big besides the big Rudy Gobert trade to Minnesota. But what would rejuvenate basketball? Here's my answer. There needs to be someone who can compete with Golden State. What's the question? Is anyone going to compete with Golden State and their dynasty? They have built the perfect standard team that you would want to build um, with loyalty, with players who are good. They've redefined the game in shooting. Curry and Clay Thompson, we all know the story. The Warriors have been the dynasty in the last five to eight years. And teams have tried to replicate it. Basketball is plateauing. It kind of seems like there's the same teams, um, but t- players keep just popping out of nowhere and going to different places. There's no consistency, and I think that makes the game suffer. People love consistency. They love the local hometown hero that's staying in their town. They love, um, I mean, they love the Aaron Judge staying in New York. They love Steph Curry staying in Golden State. They love LeBron coming back home. You know, they love that loyalty. They love. They love rooting for the little guy even. They love rooting for Steph Curry. They love rooting for those kind of people. And basketball seems to change every day. Kevin Durant wants a new place every day. He can't be grateful where he's at and his massive amounts of money. James Harden finally eats his own medicine and stays in Philly and takes a smaller contract. Harden always trades. Kyrie's a mess. Kevin Durant is a mess. Russell Westbrook is a mess. They all have been traded around everywhere here and there, signing new deals here and there. Paul George even until he finally found a home in the Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, how many free agency deals are there that we just hear about every day and everybody's like, oh, it's the next big trade, but we're like, yeah, it's just another trade. So... What can basketball do to kind of rejuvenate um, its juice that it's had flowing that's been really, really good in the last few years, but it kind of seems like it's plateauing? We need another team to build like the Golden State Warriors. Who's come the closest? Boston. Who's next? Phoenix. Houston tried it with Harden's team. They tried to play skill ball with Harden's team, but they got close, but no, no cigar. The Jazz have tried to build something like the Warriors, and they really got close, but they couldn't play in the postseason. They, they're like the Brewers of baseball. Actually, the Brewers are the Jazz of baseball. They just can't get past the second round. So once someone can come up with something to compete with the Golden State Warriors, they come up with a skill ball that can play guard one through five. They can switch one through five. They have elite scoring, elite ball movement, and their defense is solid. Their defense is good enough to disrupt any offense, including Boston, who was trolling people the second half of the season, just rolling over opponents. So just to quickly talk about basketball, I'm sick of KD. I I think that the only thing that should change is your game. I'm I'm okay with you wanting a new team like going out of Oklahoma City, but I just go to Golden State. Yes, he wins in Golden State. Was he important to them? Absolutely. He goes to Brooklyn and he hasn't won. He got close to going to the finals, but he wasn't going to win the finals. Giannis had it in the bag that year. It was I I know that's a hot take, but um I don't really care. I don't I don't believe in Kevin Durant as a winner besides the Warriors, and he needed the Warriors. And Kevin Durant was proved that 
he was expendable <laughs> because they won with Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston. Then they win with Kevin Durant. Then he leaves. And would they get worse? No, they go win another title with Andrew Wiggins once they're healthy. So the system is the play, not the player. I think that you build a system, not a player. There are certain players like LeBron James who are just out of this world. And Kevin Durant is out of this world as a basketball player, but he does not make the team win. He makes himself win as a player and statistically. And I don't believe in him as a real contender to make teams push through the playoffs and win. I, I haven't seen enough of that to, to, I don't know, give me some ground. Um, has the door closed on Donovan Mitchell uh, being traded? For now, yes. They would have already traded him if they had gotten the offer they wanted. They wanted like seven first-round picks from New York. And Danny Ainge is smart. He wants a lot of picks, and he knows Mitchell's value. He already knew Rudy Gobert's value, and he got so much out of the Rudy Gobert deal. Nine picks, or nine players, basically, for one. And Danny Ainge goes to desperate teams who need to win now, like Minnesota, and rips them apart and takes everything away from them just to give them what they want to win now. And who knows if Minnesota can even can, can even do it. If they do, great. Good good job on Minnesota. They they got amazing player in Rudy Gobert, and I, I'm really sad that the Jazz got rid of him. But Danny Ainge has proven before that he is going to give away Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to the Brooklyn Nets, strip everything away, draft Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, draft, or not, yeah, Jalen Brown. They draft Marcus Smart. They put together an all-defensive team. They finally build a roster that's worth the postseason. They make it close. They make it close, and then, boom, they break through, get to the finals. He leaves, and um, and even before that, he he took Paul Pierce, who was on a semi-average team, traded for Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, put together a big three. They go compete against Kobe and the Lakers. They win. Danny Ainge knows what the freak he's doing. <laughs> and Mitchell is too valuable and needs uh, a different Tatum-like build around him. He needs, he needs to be evolved. And Danny Ainge gave the keys to the franchise to Donovan Mitchell when he traded Rudy Gobert. He said, you're the man. This is yours. I need to build around you. And unless somebody gives me an offer I can't turn down, you're the man. And so Donovan Mitchell is the man, and he gets to prove that this year. And if he wants to be that LeBron James type figure where you win, he could do it. It's just his year to shine. And the Jazz still need to make some moves to build around him. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, moving on from basketball, I'll really quickly talk about golf. Tony Finau, like I said, on a heater. Tony Finau went 64 straight holes without a bogey, his longest of his career. He's had four bogeys in the last two weekends of winning. Four bogeys. That's freaking crazy. So who's going to take their postseason run deep in the FedEx Cup tournament? I have my top five right here. I'm going to go from five to one. Most of them aren't big surprises, but I think that Justin Thomas sits at number five. He's still a winner. He's won this year. He is still one of the greatest golfers out there. He's his striking ability is unmatched and he hits bombs just like Finau and McElroy. But I think Justin Thomas comes in at five. Tony Finau riding the heater at four. He's finally got some wins under his belt. His confidence is at an all-time high. He's finally figured out his putter. Seems like he's got all the momentum riding into the FedEx Cup. Three, Rory McElroy. He's always in contention. He's very calm under pressure and he's a winner. He just wins. 
Cameron Smith has the best short game in golf. Yep, he's number two. Scotty Scheffler is number one. He's head and shoulders above everybody this year. He's played phenomenally. He's been in top fives, even if he hasn't won. But he still has won his fair share of tournaments. So I think one of these guys is going to take the W in the FedEx Cup and go all the way. So anyways, guys, it has been a pleasure. I've, I've broken down a lot of sports today, but I, I know that's kind of intense and it might be boring. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting some people here on the podcast and we're going to do live debates and make it more lively, more fun. And if you guys have ideas of what you want, you can go to my Instagram, jakester underscore P and uh, message me up. Um, and just say, hey, I, I like this part, but also it's kind of boring because I know you talk about sports and I want to see this kind of debate or these kind of questions being asked or whatever. So I think that that's uh, enough to say for now. I appreciate your guys' listening support. I will be better and I'm trying to develop a better way to do uh, what I do. And I want to create a story platform where I can share and learn and analyze and bring something to the table and ask good questions that can revive um, our love for sports and our love for people. So without further ado, guys, hope you have a great week. Remember to smile. There's always good things. There's always positive things about a day. Yes, it might be cringy, but I don't care. It's true. There's also negative things. You can choose to dwell on the negative or you can acknowledge the negative and say, you know what? It's sometimes negative, but I'm going to choose on the positive side today. Go help someone out. Look for someone to need today and have a good day, guys.